0: You're about to listen to a message from the Life Point Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. So because we've been discussing the gospel, Paul says in Romans chapter one that the gospel is God's power unto salvation for all who believe. And says, I'm not ashamed of it. And just before we, you know, leap into this Judean adventures, we titled it for this week, I just wanted to clarify um, a couple of things that the gospel is and is not. Okay. Um, it's about grace, it's not about walks to get saved. So when you read Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, Paul says, uh, for we're saved by, for by grace we're saved not by works, lest any man should boast. Um, Says for we, for so verse eight says, For by grace we saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, verse nine, lest any man should boast, says, For where his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has ordained beforehand that we should work in. Okay. So the gospel that we preach is about freedom and we're not preaching about bondage. The last week, I think two weeks ago, I said, we're not preaching about the condemnation of man. Okay. That's not what we preach, that's not the gospel. We're preaching about the way out of condemnation. We're not preaching about doctrines or denominations or religion. It's about God's love and the relationship that he craves with those who he's created. Okay? And we're preaching Jesus. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, uh, I think, and 2, he says, Look, that I sought to know nothing amongst you but Christ and him crucified. Okay. We're preaching Jesus. We're not preaching other methods or God. We're not. He's not one out of a number of options. He is the option. Okay. And and I need to clarify that you know. And every week I'll try and do that because it's important for us to understand what the message is. We're not preaching hate or division. We're preaching love. That's very important. All right. Uh, we've not told each other we love each other in a while. And I know people have been sitting in particular places every Sunday just hoping and I'm looking at Sam I'm just wondering who which of these two beautiful women on your side have you but could you tell someone next to you tell them God loves you God loves you." some guys like that's not what I want to say Pierre that's not because it might be the only time this week or this month that they they have heard this in fact tell them I love you too <laughs> Sam now I see <laughs> Right. I love you too. So Judea, um, is the general, as the region, so it's it's like. So if if Jerusalem was Ikeja, then Judea was like Lagos. Okay. And after Solomon died, Israel was divided into two. Um, Judah, Judea, and Israel, and Jerusalem becomes the capital of Judea. And last week we said, you know, Jerusalem is essentially where it's close, it's home, it's family. It's those who you deeply care about, those who you're related to by blood. Those friends who, the Bible says, are closer than a brother. You know, those who you're very intimate with. And we talked about how there is a call for us to be careful that those people in our Jerusalem hear the gospel. And as you move out of the capital of a city, as you move into the outskirts, you would generally start to notice certain changes in language. Perhaps the same, you know, the similarities, but you would change, you would hear dialects, you would uh, see certain cultural differences. Um, but there will still be enough to, um, for us to identify that we are, you know, we're related, we're, we're referenced together. So, So Judea for us is that place where there are no real personal stakes or relationship, no biological ones, but a connection exists. I've always liked the scripture in Acts chapter 17 and verse 26. Uh, The writer of the book of Acts, I think that's Luke. He says, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out... Their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their dwellings. And when I read this, I said to myself, I was not born in Nigeria by mistake. It wasn't just because your parents wanted to be wicked to you. That when it was two months before your birth, they left London and came home because they wanted to be with grandma. And you've been wondering all 20-something years of your life, what wickedness. (laughs) No, but God had an appointment tied to you so you could have been born in the 1940s. I know you wanted to be born in the 18th century, but God reserved you. You know, you were... You know, bustling. Like, I'm, let me go now. I can just say, revolution, Lord, let me go now. Let me go. Look at the Israelites. And God says, just hang on. Wait a bit. And then, you know, during the civil war, Nigeria, independence, is like, I want to come now. Now, now. And they find oil in Nigeria. God, there's oil in Africa now. God says, wait, wait, let the oil finish. <laughs> and, you know, you say, Lord, look at that place. Beautiful streets, Washington. Send me there. Let me be born there. He says, no. Perfect place for you, inshallah. Nigeria. Ijabode <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> not, not even ibadan.. Ijebode. <laughs> but God appointed our times in history. And set the bounds. So even countries, I strongly believe, do not exist by mystic. So kingdoms will come and they will go. When I was much younger, the USSR used to actually be a country. But God has a timetable. And so where God places you and he puts you and toss, you know, kind of influences your Judea over time is deliberate. And I know you've, you think you've chosen the people around you, the place you stay, you know, and extended family. You, you think you've chosen that. But, but God's hand is in it. So for me, Judea talks about professional colleagues. Co-workers, staff, people who you work with in the same organization. Julia is extended family. You know, uh, my mom, uh, my mom, from her own mother has, and I've, this this number leaves me here once in a while. But I think anywhere between eleven and thirteen siblings from her own mother. And so you can imagine my extended family. It's very extended. You know, very extended. We are plenty. And everybody then has, you know. So when I think of my extended family, sometimes when I see my cousins, and I I don't know if any of them is in service today, but I try to remember their name. You know, you just do the whole "How are you? Been a while. Been a while. How are your brothers?" Okay, when you hope that somebody will mention their name quickly, but that's my Julia. That's your Julia. We we can still we immediately still have something that binds us together. It's interesting for me actually. It's amazing, the things we'd bind people who are almost like total strangers together. I mean, I don't, I remember, you know, when it was still fashionable and a reasonable thing to do. Walking through the streets of Lagos wearing an Arsenal jersey. In the days, it was still a thing. We don't do it anymore. (laughs) People are offended at you now. Just remind them of failed hopes. (sighs) <sighs> but I, I would walk down the streets of Antonio, because that's where I lived, went to Jesse on a Saturday morning because that was a good thing to do. And, you know, people would just see me like, Gunners. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and, you know, being very private, I used to find it very funny. But like, ah, Gunners, Gunners. And, you know, it was that, send of, that sense of, you know, we're together. And you heard how when Prince was sharing his God experience, someone, he said, Covenant University, and, you know, the hired crowd shouted, yes, yes. It's amazing the things that bind us together. But I, I, want, us to, so I want us to explore how, how does what is God expecting us to do with our mandate in Judea and the place where we have necessarily no rights, but we have a relationship. So what's he expecting you to do with the gospel when it comes to your colleagues, when it comes to extended family, when it comes to your neighbors, because you know, you've know you been in that building for a number of months, for a number of years. And it's a, it's a proper building, it's a block of flats. Um, so last week we talked about three things. We talked about the power of a personal story. We talked about the power of planting and watering and how, but it's a process. You know, Paul would say, one plants another waters, God gives the increase. So when it comes to people receiving the gospel, it is a process sometimes. And so that your little contributions every now and then actually do matter. Your little contributions. And we said, for example, there's also something called the power of invitation. And how you just saying, come and see. You're inviting people to the place where watering and planting is happening is also very important. You're saying, would you listen to this discussion on SoundCloud? Would you listen to the CD? So all that tool- toolkit still works in Judea very powerfully. But a couple of things we'll explore this morning. I think firstly we say, but you should start with what you have. Because I think oftentimes the temptation is that we belittle our influence, because there is also the overwhelming temptation to make or to belittle what God has put in our hands, so he would say, "Look, this is what you think is a small thing, maybe not so small in god's hands that you know for example, when people come to you um, with a problem, asking for a solution, asking for advice, do you realize that it just might be that our hearts are open to us, listening to you, and perhaps listening to the gospel at that time. When God puts you in a place where people actually listen to you, it, it, it's 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 the, the picture in my mind is God gives us all sorts of little things and little touch points, you know, and it's it's as easy as you know Jesus. John 4, this discussion with, with, with the woman from Samaria, and he starts from an extremely mundane thing, but which they both have in common. They're both trying to get water. He says, I want water to drink. She's brought her her, her pot to fetch some water. It's, a, it's mundane. Two of you are fixing your car, and the guy goes, ah, oh, nice car. He says, ah, oh, nice car. Oh, very nice car. And it's amazing how Lagos makes us closed up. Living in a city. You just want to mind your business. You know. You just you, but it's it's interesting. The guy, oh nice, really brilliant guy. Like it. You say, mm-hmm. Oh, God, okay, where did you get these rims? I like the way they're shining. my um, brother bought them, my brother bought them. But it's interesting how you know, little opportunity. Jesus says to the woman, you know, give me some water. She says oh, how come you're asking me?' And a discussion starts, and then they start to talk about something. It'd be more personal about her five husbands. And then, boom, her heart is open. It's interesting what you can do with any opportunity. You have to gather people. So even birthday parties, uh, graduation ceremonies, burials. ah oh, people listen at burials. Ah, they listen at burials. <laughs> they, they can see the one person going. On burial days, and I'm not trying to be morbid. My wife is looking at me like, "Move on, move on." But on burial days, people are people are receptive. Oh people are anybody who doesn't get saved by the grave is a strong, <laughs> it's a principality that they are cited. But people, when you to say, "Will you get saved now?" Yes. Grammy acceptance speeches, Falabi. Beautiful time, okay? When both of us are there, <laughs> it's a beautiful time to say we thank. God. Just one line, people are wondering how does a boy, a young man like this, come to a place like this? Can you just take a, a moment? Acts chapter 17. The Bible says that Paul is in a city, and he says he stands in the midst of their temple and said to them, Men of Athens is in Greece, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Paul finds something to start with. And it's interesting that in Judea, there are a lot of common interests already. A lot of common interests already. And this sounds very mundane, but for someone you, ima- you understand fashion. Every time you dress up and hit the streets of Lagos, you have people stopping you and saying, Chief, I like, I like this, your kaftan. Where did you make it? And when you finish telling them about the kaftan, you could tell them about the robes of righteousness, maybe in a much more non-religious way. For someone, you, you do make up better than Tara. Every time you do makeup, like, oh my goodness, your highlight. The guys are like, "What's highlight? Highlight, highlight is something I've heard them say." it. Okay, <laughs> I've heard them. I don't really know what it means. If someone is trying to show me. I'm totally clueless. But it's something they put on, and then it lights up. They're high. <laughs> <laughs> your, your people stop you on the literally stop you on the road. I'm serious. And in that moment when they interrupt you. Because of something that isn't coming. Do you realize that their hearts might be open? For someone, and it's, it's, it's a broad range. Someone is football. Because I've, I'm often surprised how much the, 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 the quality of strategic discussion that goes on as men analyze football. If 433 3 doesn't work here, he has to pull all the players to the left. Then left, Robino will just be running then it's amazing how much sense men typically have as they analyze a game they are not personally invested in. For some of you, it's your eclectic taste in music. You know everybody. I saw yesterday somebody died somewhere, and I, I had no clue. That, that, I tell you, I've never heard that name before in my life. So, but you know, you know all the music. When they mention something, you're like, yes, oh, yes, I know that song. And you know the whole album. You know the order in which the songs come. This one is interesting. For someone, when it comes to wine, you don't even have to taste. You can just pass by and just smell it. You know what that bottle is. <laughs> IBK. <laughs> your people are calling your name. But it's amazing how what a conversation can start from, from wine. That's a good that's a good year. I see them saying TV. I don't understand what it means. That's a really good year, 1856. I mean, 1856. Oh my goodness! Ah, but you know that the the wine of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) But the conversations that can start from what looks very mundane. The power of building bridges in Judea is something that we cannot take for granted. You know, Paul will say in Ephesians 5, to make the most of every opportunity he says because the days are evil. I put in my notes that love is a bridge that the gospel can confidently walk on. Love is a bridge that the gospel can confidently walk on. Because you'll find that when you've in God been of use to someone without expecting anything in return, you've out of just the goodness of your heart bless someone you find that sometimes they come back to you and say look how do I do this what about this you find that their hearts are open towards you jesus would feed people they would show up the next day so paul says in first corinthians chapter 9 verse 19 to 23 he says though i am free and belong to no one That sounds familiar, right? Because I belong to nobody. It's here in the Bible. I have made myself a slave to everyone. To win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew. To win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. Paul would ever so often throw in his many cards to create an audience or build a bridge with the audience that he was speaking to about the gospel. I mean, guys, you know, how, you know the things you've had to become in life just to win a lady's attention. I mean, for some of you, you know you've never in your life opened the door for a lady before, not even your mother. But when this, you're in the company of this girl, you're a complete gentleman. You're pulling out chairs, arranging tables, Opening door. You become an Uber driver. <laughs> Handyman. Fixing light bulbs. This light is not in your house. It's, oh, it's not working. I can fix it. Don't worry. I'll use, no, 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 no. I'll use proper bulbs. Don't worry. I'll get it for you. You know how many movies you've pretended to watch and like just to keep her happy? My wife still carried me to watch one movie like this. Recently. <laughs> I was just there calm. I had to close my eyes. They were killing people a lot in the movies. Sometimes you hold my hand. Let her be. (laughs) But guys, you understand. You know how, and you're doing it out of, you know, the goodness of your heart. But, But Paul says, look, everything at my disposal, I have brought to bear so I can preach this. He would speak to Romans. He would reach out to the Gentiles. He would stroll into a synagogue and preach. He would talk to those who were extremely learned and sophisticated. Yet because he had also done work as a tent, uh, as a tent maker, he would talk to artisans. He would use you know, certain specific parts of scripture to speak to particular He would build bridges. And in our world today, that's something that we often overlook. Within Judea, it's extremely important to realize that the first steps have already been laid by God. You are not walking in that office by mistake. You are not living in that building by mistake. The first steps have been laid by God already. Yielding to the leading of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) It's interesting how, that as we speak about taking the mandate out, We need to realize that, as it were, headquarters will never leave you without signals. That you must just keep your eyes, your ears, your heart open. Because sometimes people are frantically screaming for help underneath everything you can see. In fact, someone once said to me recently, I think she's in service, that there's no service I don't mention wigs. So this service, I'm not mentioning weeks. I'm just going to behave properly. But under their kaftans, they're just screaming. And hoping that someone will step up to them. Because not, you know, it's not all that glitters that is gold. He might be within you know, a, a, a beautiful car. She might be wearing a fantastic dress. But there is something within that is not all right. Acts chapter 8 and 26, 31. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who had charge over all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet, verse 29. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Uh, Some translations will say, go and join yourself to this chariot. And So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I except someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The Holy Spirit is constantly wanting to point our hearts towards people who are hurting in need of God around us. It's amazing how that because Judea is so familiar, that sometimes we, it's become part of the landscape of our life, so we don't really notice what is happening anymore. We're used to seeing people in traffic, so we don't realize that there's hundreds or thousands of people who are in traffic every morning. This is just people with heightened blood pressure trying to go to a job they don't necessarily like, typically unhappy. You don't real, you, you just, you just want to get into work. When you get to the office, all you see around you is deliverables. You know? And stuff that needs to be done. And the guy who doesn't like you and the one you don't like. And the one who you both don't like somebody else. And you, you sometimes forget that, you know, the real big question about where this person is with God, because it's so much in your heart, you know, that, ah, this person is just terrible, useless person, how even wears purple on Monday, why, you know, you don't hear what God hears about this person, because Judea is so familiar, you can walk through the streets, I mean, I don't know if you understand this, and if you've just come back, you might not, but there are some streets in Lagos that have strategically positioned potholes, and what happens is that you drive you know, often enough, through the street, you know exactly where to slow down. It's like, you don't, the newcomer that will now come, slow down, I'll look at a pothole. No, 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 we just drive. It used to be one on Ted Milan Bridge in those days, and you just drive through it. That's Judea. But the Holy Spirit keeps on wanting to prompt our heart. He's saying to Philip, that chariot, join yourself to the chariot. Speak to this lady. Invite this one. So it was Bill Hyabels, who once says that the highest value in personal evangelism is being attuned and cooperative with the leadings or the promptings of the Holy Spirit. In fact, two more quotes from him. He says that staying attuned to the Spirit means I have a heightened awareness of the things going on around me. In the midst of what is a circle of comfort, I find myself able to keep one eye open and raving roving to watch for someone I'm supposed to see. One other quote I saw from him and I really liked, it said, My objective is not always to contrive ways to get someone saved. Rather, my objective is to walk around when he prompts me to walk, talk when he wants me to talk, fall silent when I'm at the risk of saying too much, and stay put when he leads me to stay put. It says if I can... Put my head on the table on the pillow at night, knowing that I have cooperated with the promptings of the Spirit that day, I can sleep like a baby. So it is starting with what you have, it is building bridges, it is responding to the Holy Spirit. As I prepared for this, mine was taken to Esther chapter 4. And verse 14, and I'll read the story and try to wrap this together. And that's the 414. Most of us have heard it before. It says, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews, for the Jews, from another place. It says, But your and your father's house will perish. It says, Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom of for such a time as this. When we read through Acts 17, or read through Acts 17 earlier, we say, Look, God has appointed you for where you are. It's not a mystic. it's not a coincidence. Your neighbors, it's not coincidental. Because what happens is that the people who have to market a thing do not behave like everybody else. If you've ever met people who are marketers and you know they I mean, with all due respect, have you, if you've ever met people who market insurance before, these guys are hustlers. There's nothing you tell them. I already have, what about this? And this one, what of this one, sir? For your children? Your cats, sir? The house? <laughs> they, I mean, and because what happens is that they don't, they don't wait for you to come to them and say, oh, you're still, no, no, no. These guys devise every mean that they can. Paul says, Look, I've taken, I've become all things to all men, and and as preparing for this, just kept on, you know, sensing an urgency about Judea. And here to Esther, he says, "Look, you, you, it's okay if you keep silent." He says, "But you know, God will have to get deliverance from the Jews from somewhere else." He says, "But who knows if you have come to that family?" for such a time as this. Who knows if you have come to that organization, to that street, for such a time like this. Who is that person? God is waiting for you to build a bridge. He's been waiting for you. He says, talk to this guy. Talk to this guy on the bus. And it's amazing how those who have received the mandate must act counterculturally because we live in a culture that is getting into that space where we ignore everyone professionally. I read a, a story and it's from someone who used to be at LifePoint. I'm not going to mention her name, but I just read, read her story out. Uh, because I, I'm very familiar with the story. Um, and I, I kind of am reading from the middle. She says, in, in 2012, right after my MSC, I took a trip to Abuja. On the return to Lagos, my flight was delayed. The airport was full. The atmosphere was tense because of the incessant bomb blast that made news at the time. In the midst of the crowd and rancor and my personal conflicts at the time, I met a well-dressed man who was waiting for the same flight. We struck a conversation and after a five-hour wait for this flight, we all went in free seating. We got into the plane. It's free seating. It says, When we hit the subject of faith, it felt easy and right to talk about it. I told him that I was far from God and did not know how to find my way back. My life was now my own. But I desired the bearing of the Holy Spirit I had as a teenage girl. He said it was possible. I took the chance. We exchanged contacts. And I got a message from him on Facebook. And so began my online Bible study. I would read, a, I would read Bible passages and give him feedback on what I learned. And slowly but surely I began to grow. And one day I got a gift. And it was A Bible. I began reading and marking voraciously. I was tired of leading my life. I knew God had a plan for me. And I was ready to trust and to receive his love again. Slowly and surely, I began to build a relationship with God again. I received God's promises as true and began to walk in this truth. I believed my life cooled and would turn beautiful. Um, And then she comes in, in October 2015. I got married actually the first marriage of a LifePoint member. And today I serve God with a talent and all. And and it's interesting about that story because when she tells us that story, she says, look, herself and this gentleman, someone she had never met before, I see she's just sitting at the airplane, at the airport. And then, uh, you know, I think the, the, the details come to me. She says, look, there's a time they all get up to go and complain to the guys at the counter and insult the people there I think after they had postponed the flight again. I think that's on the way back to their seat is when herself and this chap begin to have conversation. Never met each other before. So, it's, and I mean, that's how, you know, her relationship with God gets restored. She, she, we all met her in LifePoint, fantastic person. And it's interesting where, you know, conversations that God will bring your way. How can they say all the youth in Nigeria? <laughs> you, know, as, and, and you know, you know those kind of things that you somebody just say somewhere and everybody pitches in. He didn't really say it like that. He said most, even most, that, you know, we go on, we go on. And then two of you who now agree say, you put, the rest of you, are, you know, don't know what you are saying. You do not you follow politics? And you guys, as you walk away, do you take a number? Do you even say, hi, my name is so, so, and so. Okay, I'm going to try and wrap it up with how this is in my heart. First is the word urgency. That the mandate that God gives the church is an urgent one. Pastor Boussala was preaching the first time we spoke about this and says it is top urgent. Stop top important. I was saying last week that your purpose in life as a Christian is not far from the gospel. But don't let anybody harass you in this world. Talking about purpose, what your assignment in life is. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's very clear that we are ambassadors for God. And so that the things that God wants you to do on the earth kind of find... A reference to your ability to bring other people to Him, and but there is an urgency about it. So, as we consider Judea today, my question is: Who will build a bridge? Who, who would stop ignoring <laughs> the very people God has sent them to? Who would yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit this week? I, I wonder what would happen to this young lady in that, that story if. The gentleman who they had complained about the airline together he, you know, ins- jointly insulted the people at the desk. If he had just decided, my goodness, it's been a long day in the city, the last thing I want to do today is talk about the faith. How do I want to start talking about I can't remember where we were. Uh, I think it was the Queer Club the other day, and there was you know, myself, David, and some other person. And the person was talking very loudly about the faith. And sometimes, even I as a pastor... We we'll look around just to make sure we went. Ah, like, Jesus did that, like Jesus heals. I'm like, ah, God, no, know me here, <laughs> you know. But it was amazing the freedom and the liberty with which she talked about the gospel. Because you know, we talk freely about stuff. What's happening in the house? They should have evicted everybody. Ah, everybody. What do you think? Everybody, not but we are a bit shy to talk about Jesus because we don't want to offend people. We don't want them to. But how does what carries the power of God, the love of God? Next week we speak about Samaria. And Samaria is the place where you don't have a relationship. In fact, when Jesus speaks to the woman in John chapter 4, she says to him, how is it that you speak to me, saying that the Jews and the Samaritans, Samaritans don't talk? So the people we don't talk to, the people we don't have a relationship with, but our message this week is really simple. But like I said, and I keep saying, it is amazingly urgent that the Holy Spirit wants to prompt someone's heart. And I hear this person in service today saying, but Idris, you don't know me. I'm, I'm barely, even me, I'm still, I'm still hearing the gospel. And that's fine. But the question I'll ask you is, if you, if you found that's a tricky one, though. Depends on how you are. But if you found... Um, if you found some site... That, that's a dodgy, really. Because this is some site that gives out $1 million for free. But that's a dodgy site. And you should immediately tell me about it if you found it. <laughs> but if you found a good thing, a real good... So, And ladies, understand this. When you find a real good tailor... No, you hide that one. That's that's the principle. So your friends don't come and crowd, and you know that. So let's go. Guys, um, a salon, like where they cut hair, right? That's what you mean, not weaves. (laughs) Okay, when you find a good salon, you tell your friends about it. When you find a good thing going on, you tell people about it with excitement. And the gospel needs to be exactly that simple. I read Esther chapter four again to our hearing as we close and pray today Esther 4 for 10 says for if you remain completely silent at this time relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place but you and your father's house will perish it says yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this may we pray May we pray. Will You bow your hearts and your heads before God this Sunday morning. <sighs> that scripture Revelation says, they ask, who shall we send? Who shall we send? It's interesting that it doesn't matter what your views are. The Bible says, darkness is upon the earth and gross darkness the people thereof. And I know you want to be a lot of friends. I know you want to appear on a lot of places. You want to achieve certain goals. But do you realize that this is the cause above all causes? Do you realize that this is the issue above all issues? So Jesus would say, what was it profit a man if he becomes wealthier than a liko dangote? He says, but he loses his soul. So this is the primary issue. This is the big one. Is, it doesn't matter who wins the elections next year, but if these people don't sort out where they are with God, it's a big deal. I, I know you want to find a cure for cancer. I know you want to do all sorts of noble and powerful things. I know you want to deal with poverty. I know you, you, want, you want to get married yourself. I know you want to sort out the burning issues on your heart. But he says to Esther, he says, Who knows? If you have been sent to the kingdom for such a time like this, would you just pray and ask God this Sunday morning, Father, where would you, within Judea, who would you want me to? And and my understanding is when we pray this kind of prayers, names, uh, pictures flash in your mind, God reminds you of someone who you probably have forgotten or even necessarily forsaken. He reminds you of that person who has become part of the landscape. I'd like you to please just pray in the Spirit, if you can, for that person that comes to your heart. Just pray for your Judea this morning, asking God for a leading, asking God that he would show you what he wants you to do, asking God that he would instruct your heart, asking God and say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you interrupt this new week? Would you interrupt my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Would you jolt me to call someone? Would you show me, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says we no longer count or regard any man after the flesh. It means when we look at men, we stop describing them about just how tall they are, how handsome he is, how much money they have or do not have, what kind of temperament they have or do not have. Do we see what God sees? Do you see what God sees this morning, church? Would you ask the Holy Spirit? Would you ask the Holy Spirit that he will interrupt your week? That he would show you what to do with the gospel. This good news cannot stop with you. This is our mission, this is our mandate, church. Would you please pray for me? And if there's anything that judges your heart or condemns you in this moment that says you cannot even pray this prayer, then perhaps it's a fantastic time for you to settle accounts with God. It's a fantastic time for you to walk back. The prodigal son will say, In my father's house, look, there's stuff there, there's reception there, there's warmth at least my father is standing out there. So if there's anyone who's, you can't even pray this prayer because of the burden of guilt or condemnation, hey, why don't you put your hands up? Let's pray for you right now. Why do you someone says, I've never made the decision before to accept Jesus, hey, it's a fantastic time to do that, people are praying you have the privacy of the moment, heads are bowed eyes are closed, would you just say that prayer, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth uh, that you will be saved would you just pray, someone wants to pray as we pray for these people this morning someone wants to pray for their household because the jailer says to, to Paul and Silas, what should I do to be saved he says believe, he says "And you and your household will be saved, someone wants to pray for their family, someone wants to pray for their family, lahash, karabaros if you are making that decision this morning one hand on your heart, one hand raised up so we know, and just say father I accept Jesus I accept your love, I accept your love I accept your love. I accept your love. I accept the forgiveness of sin. I accept the forgiveness of sin. Lord, receive me as your own. I declare that I am now born again. Uh, Father, we thank you. 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 More I want to know you, Jesus. More of you. You make my life be